Welcome to Remain. We're Arn and Trina. This one is for the weary, those still in the middle of their story of marriage, ministry, or chronic illness. This is a call to remain. Hi there, welcome back. This is episode 17. 17. And it is part two on lament. So if you missed last week's episode, number 16, which was Lament Part 1, it would probably make a lot more sense if you hear that one first before listening to this because they kind of piggyback off each other. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can do that first. But if you've listened to episode 16, welcome. This is kind of Part 2 talking about um, Lament going a little further from where we were. But before we do that, we thought it might be good to mention a few things that we're thankful for. Okay? Yes. Just a few things. Uh, number one, the sun. The last few days we've had some great weather. We I were able to... I don't to think we should tell people we're thankful no. for the sun when like half this country's had like horrific, horrific snow. Number two... It sounds like we're just like, hey, we're over here chilling. <laughs> Chilling under the sun, chills. Oh, Is that like right. an oxymoron? We're over here enjoying um, a non-winter while you suffer. Okay, how about we go to number two? <laughs> number two, Sorry. defrosted chocolate birthday chocolate cake. Birthday chocolate cake. Chocolate birthday. Cake. Chocolate birthday cake, <laughs> which we had a few weeks ago when we were celebrating well, our toddler's we made, birthday. We made a paleo, uh, gluten-free um, cake for my well sorry for our son's birthday and then it went to the fridge well because we made an entire cake just Mm. for our family basically Mm -hmm. um and it was a dinosaur cake so it had like i had actually done like a a mountain a third part of the cake and then cut it up and broke it up into like rock formations and i built this big dirt mountain basically chocolate mountain and then some dinosaurs were on it top. Was drizzled with caramel, vegan caramel. Yes, and there was dinosaurs on top of it. So anyway, it ended up going into the freezer because I didn't want it to get ruined and we were enjoying it mm-hmm. and I didn't want us to eat all I of it. I forgot about it. Then I found it in the fridge. <laughs> and then the toddler and I sat on the ground on Friday morning and ate it at like 9.30 a.m., <laughs> which... Probably was not a very great idea. And then we just finished the last few pieces just now. Before recording this. Yes, it was good. Um, The third thing we're thankful for is probably the most important thing. Well, is but the most important thing that we're thankful for. We got to meet someone very special to us today um, for the first time. So can't tell you who, but that was really cool. Um, It's someone we've been praying about and wanting to meet for a long time. Very, very special. Yes, so that made us super happy today. But we're going to continue with our heavy topic of lament. Uh, do you know what would be a heavier topic than lament? Well, Elephants. <laughs> Weightlifting. Kilograms. <laughs> Mountains. Oh, no. Rhinos. That's a heavy topic. I was about to say that since you said like a heavy topic, I was going to say, okay, there's no more like smiling aloud for the rest of this episode. And then you just kind of... Babe, elephants, that's that's a heavy topic. And you know what? At night, that's a heavy and dark topic. 
elephants at oh, night. Oh no! Oh, save me! <laughs> so last week we we said that in hard seasons it's easy to go to denial, right? I'm fine. Uh, no, thank God, I'm okay. You know, and we kind of deny those feelings and struggles because we assume we need to give ourselves these band-aid quick answers, mm-hmm. or we flip over to despair, and we have we're completely overwhelmed and have nothing to do or nothing to say. Or my pet sin, which is distraction. Mm. Um, we distract ourselves, anything like but the issue at hand, um, because it's too painful. And so the whole point was, okay, those are not really the solutions. The solution is to actually lament. Uh, yes, and we had made a comment from that book, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, from Mark Brogop, and he had mentioned that lament has to do with living between the two poles of a hard life and trusting in God's sovereignty. So we have pain and we have promises. And, and how do we kind of sit in with those two? And we had kind of mentioned what it is and, and why it's good and helpful, but we want to make some comments on the next few chapters from the book um, where he kind of explains a little bit of, of the how. Um, and I think he has studied and scanned through the Psalms of Lament, as we had said, about a third of the Psalms are lament. And he has found this kind of like ordering of, of how lament uh, really works. Then he continues in the book to um, with some other topics, but we, we just wanted to focus on this before uh, we move to a different episode. So there, there's an order, um, but honestly, if we're going to be honest here, we don't, I don't do lament well. Well, we can both say that. I don't yeah. think, I don't think in my years of sickness that I um, have done or did lament well. Um, I still don't think I lament well, honestly. I think lament is such like, it's almost like it needs to like be learned and it takes time. Mm-hmm. I think to do it, to lament well to give yourself the space to lament well, to take that time with God, to really like, um, to really slow down, to really focus. Um, I think when we have looked through, when I have looked through the majority of my old journals, especially the journals when things were really bad, it's like every page just says things like, help me God, help, help, where are you God? Help, help, Mm -hmm. help, help, like literally, please help. (laughs) If you don't help, everything is ruined. Um, and I look at that now and part of me just, I feel like it's like, I just want to cringe. Um, and I think you've had a different experience. Yeah. I had found a book, uh, called praying the Bible by Donald Whitney. And, um, he had kind of explained what it means to pray scripture. Um, and how, when we're at a loss of words, scripture gives us the words that, so he was kind of teaching on, on how to take the Psalms, for example, and personalize it to give your own uh, words and application to it. And I tried to follow that. There were there was a season or a few seasons where I tried to, uh, on a daily basis, just look through a psalm and trying to personalize it when I had nothing to say and I had no idea what to say. Uh, but as we've been talking about laments just this last week, I printed a number of lament psalms and I'm trying to do that once more to read and, and make some notes and personalize because if I don't have the scriptures open, uh, lament is very uh, confusing. Uh, it's mm-hmm. very hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
definitely so i think um so again some of this is coming from mark Rogup. is that how you say it i i think so i think so Rogup's book and it's dark clouds deep mercy if you want to check it out um, it is a great book so just the kind of the areas that we want to talk about is like kind of the process of lament like mm -hmm. the how of lament the what sure. does lament look like and so uh, he kind of talks about three different areas, which we're kind of going to touch on. And one is, number one, is bring your complaints. Um, funny, right? Because I think in a lot of like churches, we're like, shh, don't talk about that. Just say how wonderful God is and just move on. Mm -hmm. Don't and talk we'll about... That. Yes, that, we'll come back to that. So bring your complaints. Number two, ask boldly. And number three? Choose to trust. So those are kind of the three areas that we're going to um, look at. So when we talk about bringing our complaints, um, we see that in the Psalms of Lament. And when we see David or the author wrestling with how he is feeling, uh, that gives us permission and that gives us encouragement to lament like that before the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we see that God is good. We see that life is hard. And that is the moment where we can uh, bring our complaints. So we don't want to dismiss those feelings or assume they're invalid or even sinful, but to honestly bring out all these issues uh, to God. Mm -hmm. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but complaining is a sin, right? <laughs> yeah, complaining is like often, especially complaining about what is going on in your life as mm -hmm. a Christian um, is often frowned upon in Christian circles and mm -hmm. in the church. So I think we need to come to a place where we realize that God can handle human emotion. God can handle human pain and um, frustration and even that complaining, if it's being done in an attitude of, I think, seeking him, hmm. um, of trying to like find him in the midst of this maybe mess that you're facing. Like if it's that God's concerned more about like our heart than like kind of the maybe the complaints that we bring he's complaint he's more concerned about the i think the position of our heart towards him than mm -hmm. you know if we're frustrated we can bring that to him if he knows like our heart is bent toward him right yeah and i think the difference is complaining against god and complaining to god mm. or complaining before god um i think we need to be honest uh before him with how we are feeling and how we're uh, struggling and then but at the same time I think it's important to know God's promises to know his word so that in a sense we're kind of throwing the promises of God back at him and mm -hmm. and the author of the book kind of mentions that no, um, the guy's Todd Billings who mentions that and oh and the author kind that of comments was on a that. really good quote so just that quote in full was writers of lament and complaints in the Psalms often seek to make their case against God huh this is in the Bible. They seek to make their case against God, frequently citing God's promises in order to complain that God seems to be forgetting his promises. They throw the promises of God back at him. So this is happening in the Bible. This is real people. Uh, this is the Holy Scriptures, God's word, God breathed. This is writers who are coming to God and they are complaining and throwing his promises back at him but and saying kind of like look at this promise like where are you mm -hmm. like where's the 
um, kind of, I can't cash that check in. Like I'm trying to, and mm -hmm. it seems like it's returning void. God, didn't you say this? Um, isn't this who you are? Didn't you kind of say you were going to provide in this way? So um, it's really cool to have a language, if you will. That's a good point. The Bible, especially the Psalms, is full of a language, full lament, and if you will, that kind of complaining. So again, I do not think this is sinful. I actually think that the church needs to provide more space for this. Um, maybe, obviously not from like the front of the pulpit, maybe people getting up and complaining, but in um, community, in small groups, in discipleship, um, in close relationships in the church, there needs to be more of maybe an emphasis on this. And um, the idea of like just being vulnerable and open, um, you know, if you don't have people like that, even just like, and you don't need 10 people like that. You just need one or two people like that in your life, I think. Um, friends, um, brothers or sisters, that you can just be super honest with and vulnerable mm -hmm. with, and they are not going to judge you. They are not going to, you know, be like Job's friends and tell you off. <laughs> They're kind of going to be like, okay, and like sit with you in it, let you, let you have like your words to the wind. But these kinds of complaints, the, these are kind of healthy in the sense that it's the process of trying to um, stretch your faith, trying to kind of process your faith. Uh, you're genuinely working through doubts and questions. So if you have, as a Christian, zero doubts and zero questions and zero lament or zero complaints, that might say something um, maybe unhealthy about your faith, mm -hmm. right? That, that if you just assume that everything is just fine, you know, how much growing is happening? But, but a person in, in the psalmist, for example, as they're pouring out their heart before, the go, before God, they're seeking God. They're struggling uh, significantly um, with God. Uh, the second step that we see is asking boldly. Um, and, and there's a transition that the author of the book kind of speaks of between why is this happening that moves in the shadow of who is God? And so you start with the why questions. And as you bring your complaints before God, that moves into more of who God is, um, who he is. So we focus on his nature, on his character, on his power. Um, and we see this in the Psalms, where there's a lot of theology, actually, in the Psalms. Um, you, you would think this is a very kind of emotional set of scripture, and that's true. But there's a significant amount of theology about who he is and how he works. So um, the author had given this, this one line I had appreciated. Um, he says, his complaints are not called the sacks of sorrow, but bridges that lead him to God's character. They anchor us to the yet of God's character. So these complaints that we just kind of mentioned, these are not cul-de-sacs. We don't stop there. We, we, don't, we don't just sit in complaints. These are bridges, and our aim is to get um, closer uh, and closer with God. Question for you. What if we are not strong enough to ask boldly mm. like this? What do we do? 
Yes, because especially if you are in the middle of hardship and pain, um, any kind of something that's been like, it's very serious, that's very difficult, um, you might be too exhausted, too weak, um, almost feeling that your faith feels so dry that you don't even have what it takes to ask boldly like this. You don't even feel like you can come before God boldly. And I think that's where like the power of intercessory prayer are the people praying for you. I think that's where this comes in. Mm -hmm. Like we need to have other people kind of praying for us when we are too weak to pray for ourselves. And this kind of prayer is talked about in the Bible. And I remember many times in our journey, um, there were points where I was like, okay, like this is rock bottom. Like, I, I don't see a way out like of this pit basically. And at those times, God just really used people to surround us in different ways and to pray for us in different ways fervently and to ask big things of God. When I felt like, uh, all I was asking for was like, dear God, please help me to be able to eat food today without like being really sick mm -hmm. from it. So, or please just like help me be able to sleep because the insomnia was like so mm -hmm. severe um, help like my kid not to cry because if he cries one more time, like I'm just going to lose it. I can't keep it together anymore. So it was just people that God sent, um, friends, um, people from church, um, even random people. Like there was actually complete strangers mm -hmm. who heard of us from somewhere and were like, I just really want to come and want to like, come over and pray they with prayed you guys. and then they, they left. Now, mm -hmm. I, I mean, on a side note, just kind of thinking about this, I feel like it's good for us to process because we're remembering. And I remember, um, a few times, maybe a dozen women came over. If mm -hmm. you remember, I don't remember what year it was yeah. to just pray. And for an hour, hour and a half, they just prayed uh, over you and they left. And I remember there were um, a few times where a group of pastors um, were praying. And, and once or twice, it was people I hadn't really met before. Mm -hmm. But it was a very significant and powerful experience um, to see people pray like that. The third step, the author says, is to choose to trust. We bring our complaints. We ask boldly and we choose to trust mm -hmm. and some of the things from that chapter comes from psalm 13 yes so we just wanted to read psalm 13 it is not a long psalm but um it's a wonderful example of a lament psalm um and so this is how it begins this is david and he says how long O lord will you forget me forever and i just want to stop there for a second uh, we talked about this exact thing with a friend this week. Um, she was talking to us about a season in her life where um, she had gone through some really rough suffering, not just her, but with um, something her husband had been going through um, that was very difficult. And she said, Trina, it just came to a place where I uh, could not see God at work. It felt like God was not there, that God had somehow forgotten us. God had forgotten uh, my husband and I, mm -hmm. and she said it took a long time to kind of move beyond that in a sense. Mm -hmm. And we know that feeling very well yeah. ourselves. And I'm sure others do as well. Like I think there's been a number of times I said to you when things were really bad, like, did God like drop us? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like we were dropped. And it, it sounds so horrible to say that, but that's how it felt at certain times. So Psalm 13. How long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? 
How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say, I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Now, initially, the, the, the cry was, how long will you be far from me? How long will have you, you forget me? me? But then he says, I will trust and I will rejoice and I will sing. It seems like he's not seeing and sensing and feeling God's presence, but he is banking on these promises mm -hmm. to be true. The, the steadfast love of the Lord that he's experienced till now. Mm -hmm. I think even if you compare the, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? With the last line, I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. It's such like a complete, almost like reversal of mm. what he's saying at the beginning. Like, okay, God, you've forgotten me. Wow, God, you've dealt so bountifully with me. Like, you've been so good to me. So um, it's pretty funny. We have been going through um, Hebrews 11 at church in this current sermon series. And one of the things that we've seen repeated in the sermons is this idea that God is unseen. Uh, God's invisible. And, and we see that that kind of uh, those phrases repeated. Um so God is unseen and the future is unknown and we're still going forward. Mm -hmm. and, and so here in this case as well, uh, I don't think his circumstances have changed yet. Mm -hmm. And yet he is moving forward with active patience, trusting in God to be true um, with this assurance that his steadfast love will be there in the morning, you know, and, and his salvation will come through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So lately um, this kind of, this idea kind of reminds me of um, gardening, and I am not a gardener. I have never really gardened before COVID, <laughs> but I've been really into gardening the last um, maybe like four or five months, I would say. And one of the things that I think we've talked about a few times is how we've been working on this herb garden. And as we kind of have been you know, planting things and um, getting the soil ready and watering things, it's just stood out to me over and over again that here we are, we're putting these tiny little, tiny little things that look like dirt, like pieces of dirt <laughs> into more dirt, like the seeds, these tiny seeds are going into the dirt, they're being buried. And um, I don't know how, just we're watering it as much as we can. Obviously there's sunshine on it and life is coming mm -hmm. out of this like death and dying, this dying of the seeds, this, um, this death of like what they were like breaks forth into like life. And so every time I go out there and see that there's these tiny little green things appearing, I'm just like, oh, look at that. Look at that. Like my excitement is just boundless. And even um, our oldest today was out there and he was like, mom, look at this. Look, this one started flowering. And so this idea of like, it's this unseen, mm -hmm. like, 
what is going on? We don't know what's going on. How is it happening? We don't know how it's happening. What is God up to? We have no idea what God is up to. And it feels like death and dying sometimes. It feels, life can feel like that. So painful. Even though it's living, it feels like a living death in some ways. And God yet can be doing things that we cannot see. And I think that that active patience is this... Um, or that trust, that trust in the lament that is a part of lament, which, you know what, that blew my mind because I didn't even know that before, that, you know, that active trusting or that patience was a part of lament. Mm -hmm. um, I just thought like you lament, like you complain, you get exhausted and you're kind of done. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's part of this and this doesn't come quickly. Now, you might notice that this psalm that she read was six verses and in verse 5, it says, but I have trusted. So you read this somewhat in, in 30 seconds. And so you might assume that after 20 seconds of, you know, crying out, you know, after 10 seconds of the how long, you know, within just a moment, you're already reached this, this however. Um, and it's important to know that that doesn't come quickly. Now, we see this transition, this change, this shift in many of the Psalms of Lament, but I wouldn't want you to assume that that comes quickly and automatically. Who, who knows how much time uh, there was between the how long prayer and the but I have or but I will. Um, and, and you might wonder how in the world can we come to that point where we trust? You know, how in the world can we say, but I have trusted when at the same with the same breath we're still crying out how long and i think we're able to say but i will because many times in scripture we see but god that but god or and god or yet god that becomes the assurance and the source of strength for us to say yet i or but i and i it's because he is still god and and in light of who he is, right, that theology is what gives us the strength of heart so that we respond with this kind of trust. So this is not about us and having enough faith. This is about the God in whom we have faith. Yes. And nor is this about our feelings. So this trusting, it's not an emotional response. Oh, like I, I feel like trusting after all this lament. Um, it's part of it. This is the trusting where it says choose to trust, it's a choice, even if those feelings are not there at all. And that is really, really hard if you are an emotional type of person or like a type four on the Enneagram like I am. So um, I think something that I was, I've been thinking of is this idea of like, okay, if we are not there and we can't, you know, be trusting on our own, we need God's help for that. And one of the best ways is, to maybe read and memorize and pray um, through the lament psalms and especially maybe those transition kind of statements. Okay, like I'm not feeling this, but I'm going to pray this. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. Okay, so I'm pouring out my lament. Yes, God, this is like how horrible it is, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. And to kind of like keep saying it to yourself mm -hmm. and keep repeating it, even if those feelings are not there. And I think the feelings can often follow after a while at times like that mm -hmm. a quick story to end the episode this was 
was it like an 07 that we were um, yeah. in Sydney. Long time uh, ago. <laughs> great little restaurant. This is before we were married. Yes. Yes. Amazing coffee. You said you, you reminded me they had great uh, dirty chai mm, as well. Yes, they um, did. Tablespoon. I and don't think it's there anymore. Very sad. Okay, we should lament about that. <laughs> um, we were talking about something kind of heavy. Um, yeah. Probably elephants. No. Okay. Um, okay. I'm not no. going to repeat that oh, joke. Yeah. But we were talking about something heavy. It was emotional. Um, we were just not feeling well there was something kind of depressing going on i don't remember the exact topic of conversation i mean going through a long distance relationship it was very very hard but at some point i I said something to you yeah Yeah. and i was like kind of really down and aaron said this one line and this one line has kind of stuck with us and it's come back to us a number of times on our journey after we got married since we've been married um and he said to me, Trina, you are not done with your psalm yet. And I was like, what? And he's like, you're looking at like other people's maybe lives and you're thinking everyone has this figured out. You're looking at the Bible and you're thinking, oh, like, why am I not there? Like, why aren't I trusting like this person in the Bible and that person? And he's like, you're not done with your psalm yet maybe you're still in the part of your psalm where you're the, the how lamenting long. the yeah. how long god and it really like it just what he said just really stuck with me and stuck with me and encouraged me just to to be patient and let god kind of almost like just let god work things out in his timing like if you're um in your pain and your lament if you are leaning forward toward god it's okay if it's taking a long time. It's okay if it's taking a long time to get to a place of really trusting. If you are um, leaning forward and saying, okay, God, like, we're gonna, I don't know how I'm gonna get through this, but I'm just gonna keep trying, like, I'm gonna keep coming to you. I'm gonna keep coming to you until I get through this. It's okay if you are still in the middle of that Psalm, because I think we are too. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, maybe we're not in the depths of the worst sickness that we've been through. We're not. Praise God for that. But we are still not finished mm-hmm. with our psalm in many other ways. Yeah. And so we want to kind of close by encouraging you to consider Psalm 13, um, the psalm that we just read. And remember the steps that the author of this book had mentioned to bring your complaints, to ask boldly, and to choose to trust. Thank you.